Welcome to season two of Overcoming Working Mum Burnout. I'm your host, Dr. Jacqueline Kerr, mum, burnout survivor, and behavior change scientist. I interview international burnout experts, HR and DEI leaders, and lifestyle coaches to find out how we can create individual, organizational, and cultural change to prevent burnout. When mums thrive, the world benefits. Each week, when I interview a guest, I ask about specific solutions they recommend for overcoming working mum burnout. And while having ideas for what you can do is a start, as a behavior change scientist, I know how hard it can be to make a new change and develop a new habit that lasts long enough for it to become automatic. That's why I'm doing a mini episode for each guest on their suggested behavior change. If you're in an active state of burnout, managing your stress is important. And sometimes that means taking a total break, especially from any additional goals. Once you're arrested, if you are seeking to take an active role in your recovery or prevention of burnout, then having a behavior change plan will help you make the most of your efforts and be more impactful. Last week, I learned about setting up your intentional year with burnout coach Laurie Pritzman. As a reminder, here's a few key takeaways from Laurie's episode. With the women I work with who are moms, I think the number one thing I notice is that they are not present in their bodies. So they're not present physically or emotionally when I first start working with them. So they're running their lives in their heads. It's all from the neck up. And of course their heart, because they're a mom and they love, but it's about love for others, not love for themselves. And they've gotten so used to taking care of everyone and everything but themselves. The best person I think to help you recover from burnout, unfortunately, is yourself, right? Nobody can do this for us. It really is about some self-management. And you know what I mean by this is that it's really about you have to start with slowing down and stopping for a minute just to recognize what is truly going on within yourself. And it's a critical time for you to be really real with yourself. And I get them to ask themselves, what am I feeling right now? But the key to all of this is doing it without judgment. If you can prevent your own burnout and become more compassionate and empathetic with yourself, you can have an outcome of joy and being present and being at peace and having connectedness. And you can really be happy and successful at work too. Burnout does not have to be a dirty word for the company to think about or for the individual who's going through that burnout. We need to talk about it. We need to bring it to the attention of leadership. We need to start creating a culture where it can be discussed. The more we can talk about it and get it out in the open, I think the better off everybody will be. I'm not big on New Year's resolutions. And that's only because I fail. And I know I fail, right? And then I get to beat myself up for it. And I'm pretty hard on that failure. Like a lot of people are when we fail, it's not good. They're usually big resolutions and they lose importance after January. It fizzles out. They don't feel attainable, even though they sound very bold and brave in the moment, but they just don't work. I offer a women's retreat in the first quarter of each year, and it's called your intentional year. And this is how I set up my year. So it's really about giving yourself time to first reflect So you're reflecting on the previous year and then you're renewing 
and saying what's important. And then you're really able to step into this new year with wholehearted clarity. The plan here will be focusing on finding time to reflect with purpose so you can complete Laurie's intentional year exercise. There are several steps to creating a plan that can help set you up for success based on behavior change science. I provide a sample plan to get you started. You can adapt this or create your own. But filling in each step by hand or on the computer will bring you closer to knowing what you want to do and what it will take to get you there. You can then print out the whole plan or just focus on the reminders that you set up as part of the plan itself. You can download the plan from the episode website on www.drjocelynkerr.com podcasts or you can find it in my LinkedIn posts. To start, it's important to set a goal that feels motivating, related to a state that you want to achieve, that gives you an identity you want for yourself. So the first response to submit is what I want to be. Here's the response for this week. What I want to be. Able to set aside time to reflect on the past year with purpose and be intentional about the year ahead. Instead of New Year's resolutions, I want to learn from the past year and approach the new year with a growth mindset. Being specific in each step helps. The next step is to get into the details. The what. This is the action you want to take. Here's a response for this week. What. Set aside two hours to review the last year. Asking, what did I discover about myself? What decisions were important? Then asking, what do I dare do for next year? What do I want to work on? Finally, picking a strength statement and word for the year. The next few steps are key to the implementation plan. When you complete these details, it helps you create a plan that gives you enough detail and ideas to get you started. The when, where, with whom, for how long and how often helps you create the specifics of the goal. These details act as reminders when a certain time comes around, you remember to do the new activity you're trying, like a Wednesday morning. You can also choose times and places that are anchored to doing something you do daily, like having a coffee. Then the act of drinking coffee reminds you to do the new behavior. Having a small goal is important, so these steps also help you keep it realistic. So here's the response for this week. The when. The last weekend of the year or the first weekend of next year. Setting a time to help me feel empowered that I have been thoughtful without it being stressful. It can be any time, but perhaps before the end of January. The where. In a quiet place with my journal and calendar. It will probably be most helpful to take myself out of the house or office to give me more perspective, an opportunity to reflect freely perhaps even after a walk, to help me tap into myself. With whom? Myself. This is an important time for me to think about my achievements, my development, my desires, my dreams. All without judgment. This is about being curious. What does my gut tell me I might like to do? For how long each time? It would probably be best to set aside two hours to be able to deeply reflect on the past year, 
and let my mind open up to the possibilities in the new year. How often per week? I should check in with my progress towards my intentions for the year every quarter. How am I developing new strengths? How have I grown? How have my dreams and desires evolved? For how many days or weeks? After the initial two hours, quarterly check-ins. I should keep a running list of achievements, particularly the small ones, and add to this monthly and review it at my quarterly check-ins. So many of the details we have just completed can be entered into a schedule or planner, so you have regular reminders. While you're developing a new habit, frequent reminders keep the activity top of mind. So we need to think through other ways of setting up easy reminders too. Here's the response for this week. Once I have selected my word for the year and my intention statements, I should put them on my mirror, car, office, etc. I will need to schedule the quarterly reflections with myself in my calendar, and I need to clearly schedule the two-hour reflection and make sure the family knows this will be valuable time for me. By this stage of the plan, you'll be starting to think about what is going to get in the way of you actioning this plan. A lot of resistance can arise. Try to put it all down so you can come up with ways to overcome these barriers. For now, we won't try to address them, just list them. We'll keep setting up parts of the plan that will give you confidence you can master this new activity, and we'll address the barriers later. So here's the response for this week in terms of anticipated barriers. I will be too judgmental about myself in the past year. I will see too many barriers to achieving my goals in the future year. I will not be able to carve out time for myself with the kids home from school. An important part of a successful goal is accountability. How will you keep yourself on track? We'll talk about tracking tools next. But having an accountability partner is a great way to get support for your goal. So here's the response for this week. Tell a coach, friend or partner that you're going to dedicate this time to yourself. Ask them to check in on your motivating word for the year. Ask them to share something with you that they have noticed in your growth. Tracking is important to see if you're meeting your goal, to help you gain a sense of achievement and to help you adapt your goal as time goes on. There are lots of easy ways to keep track, and doing this also prompts you to keep doing the activity. It also serves as a reminder. So here's the response for this week. Tracking. Tracking your achievements, especially the small ones, throughout the year will help with this process. Create a Word document that you can add to. Seeing the previous month's achievements will remind you of new ones. Not everyone needs a reward for achieving their goal, but sometimes celebrating and acknowledging your achievements does help keep you motivated. If you do not need a specific reward, having a reminder of why this goal is important will help reinforce your ongoing efforts. Here's the response for this week. Reinforcement reward. Have a toast to the year gone by and the year to come. Buy yourself a new journal, calendar, or new book you would like to read. The regular reviews of your achievements will help reinforce that this exercise is worthwhile. Okay, now let's plan to overcome some of those barriers. 
Hopefully you have enough ideas about positive things you can do to support your goals, that these barriers seem less influential now, but take each one and come up with a counter plan. While new barriers can arise at any time, realizing there are things you can do to counter them helps give you confidence to get started and resilience to keep going. So here's the response for this week. Overcoming barriers. Arrange to do this exercise with a small group of friends. Ask them to witness and share what they see as your strengths. Make it fun with colored paper and pens. Check your inner critic at the door and embrace curiosity. Finally, as your plan is outlined, you'll likely need help with some parts of it. We have already thought about an accountability partner and some goals will involve other people. Here you're thinking about the practical help you might need so that you can focus on your goal when you have planned to work on it. So here's the response for this week. Getting support. Ask a friend or family member to take the kids out for a treat or walk to the park so you can have some time to focus on this. Make this as an important as a haircut or pedicure. I know such a detailed plan may feel like a lot, but as a busy working mum, you probably know if it doesn't get scheduled, it just won't happen on its own. Even spending time thinking about the plan will have solidified your resolve to work on it, and you're more likely to succeed. I really enjoyed following Laurie's suggestions, going through my mini achievements from last year, and deciding on my focus for this year. My word for the year will be endurance. I need to work on my physical fitness, which has slipped in the last year, by adding a few longer walks or rides to my schedule. I know these also help with my creativity and clarity of thought. I think it's also a good word for continuing with my podcast and mission to prevent burnout. The podcast launch is over, and I need some staying power to keep going as well as some endurance to take the rejections on my TED Talk applications, and to continue to be patient with my husband's recovery from surgery. I know it sounds like a bit of a slog, and some days it will be, but I also know just continuing to do the thing regularly makes it easier to do going forward. Good luck with your goal. I hope you liked this mini-episode as a follow-up to the guest episode. Please leave any feedback on my website at drjacquelinecurr.com. And please remember, burnout can be related to serious health problems. If you're experiencing physical or mental health symptoms, please contact a health provider or call the appropriate helpline. This podcast does not replace medical advice. Take care. Control your